Revival. Revival. Reformation. Reformation. Kingdom. Kingdom. You're listening to Kingdom Community Radio. Kingdom Community Radio. Visit us online at kingdomcommunityradio.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Kingdom Community Show. Glenn Blakeney here. On today's episode, I want to take you back to a session I recorded several years ago where I began to speak about the remnant. And I really see that God is separating those who really have a heart for him and desire to see his glory come. And they're willing to pay the price to step into that. There is a work of the Spirit that is happening right now, just like we read in uh, the book of Samuel, where the household of David grew stronger and stronger when Saul's household was in decline and diminishing. God is repositioning his remnant people, those who have a heart for the truth of the gospel and who love Jesus with all of their heart. And he's doing something very powerful in this prophetic season that we live in. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, etc. Just share with you something about the remnant of God. Um, I'm going to just read a, a scripture from you. It's found in 2 Kings 19, verse 30. It says this, And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. Now, it speaks specifically of a remnant that will bear fruit as a result of having deep roots. Now, we've talked about this in previous broadcasts um, for those of you who've been uh, who tuned in in the past, but let me just give you a definition of a remnant. Remnant is a part or quantity that is left over after a greater part has been used, removed, or destroyed. And the word remnant, when it's referring um, to people, like in the Bible, it's referring to a community, a group of people that has been uh, preserved or they're left as a result of surviving some sort of you know severe calamity or, or act of destruction. Now we're talking about the remnant and we're saying essentially that the remnant is a small segment of the overall population you know of the Christian constituency. And what I mean by that is I'm not trying to say that there's Christians and then there's this elite super, uh, Christian population. I, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is that the remnant has maintained their devotion to God and they've not compromised their convictions. They've not compromised the word of God. Um, they've not, you know, their devotion is, is full on. They're seeking God. They desire to give Him glory and um, they've not gone the way of the world. They've not gone the way of, you know, corrupt religion. Uh, but they're going after God with all of their hearts, and um, all. And even though it doesn't mean they're perfect, it doesn't mean that they understand everything. But it just means that they have a pure heart. They're going after God. They want everything that the Lord desires for His people, and and what He desires to do on the earth. So that's the remnant. Now, we talked about remnants like the children of Israel. Um, and, and those who went into Canaan, we also looked at um, Elijah the last time. This time, I want to share with you about another remnant that's recorded in the scriptures, and it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 22. 
And it's speaking of David when he was on the run from King Saul and how he was he fled and he was hiding in the wilderness and he went into a place, uh, a cave called the Dulam. And the Bible says this, that David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Soon his brothers and all his other relatives joined him there. Then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt or who were just discontented, until David was the captain of about 400 men. Now that's a New Living Translation, 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 and 2. Bless you guys. Thank you, Diane. Good to hear from you. Um, listen, guys, he's talking about a remnant here, and there's several things that I want to bring out about this remnant. First of all, let's look at David. David was on the run, not because he wanted to, but because he had to. David started off as a faithful servant of the Lord. He served um, Saul very well. He was obedient. He was submissive. He was faithful. But what had happened was the household of Saul had become corrupt. David tried to stay there, coexist, but it didn't work out. Eventually, it, the, just the circumstances dictated that David had to flee for his life. Now, guys, I want you to understand, 1 Samuel 3 says that the house of Saul was growing weaker or becoming weaker and weaker, whereas the house of David was becoming stronger and stronger. And we see this even when it looks like David is no one, that David doesn't have a call in his life, that all his circumstances seem to contradict the call of God. You know, and that's the way it is often, you know, when God has called you and then you're, everything goes in the exact opposite direction and just like your life seems to go sideways, really, and you're not experiencing anything at all that seems to indicate that you are living in the call of God in your life. Now, here's the way it works. David is on the run. He's fleeing for his life. But David is still called. David's still anointed. He's still God's choice to replace King Saul. Understand this. In the, in the mind of the Lord who knows and sees all things, the beginning from the end, his foreknowledge, clearly we know he knows exactly what's going to happen with David. But, what ends up taking place, David has to, of necessity, leave or separate himself. He has to be extracted from the kingdom of Saul. And there are people today that have a heart for God, that part of this remnant that I'm talking about, that I defined earlier, that are in part of religious institutions and churches, they want to be a blessing. They have friends there. You know, they, they appreciate much about the ministry. But the ministries that they're part of, these churches, these religious organizations, in some occasions have become corrupt. They've, um, you know, watered down the ministry of the Word of God. They're not welcoming the move of the Holy Spirit. They're quenching the move of the Holy Spirit. They're not empowering believers to do ministry or to walk in the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. And you know, they just come to a place where they're just, it's not a New Testament paradigm of ministry. It's not healthy. It's not, it's not complete. And they're just like, you know, I can't stay here any longer. I've got to, I've got to grow. I've got to move on. And so of necessity is just like they, they have to pull out and they have to leave these churches. And, 
And then we see that at the same time, while these systems that have become, you know, compromised and and are more about, um, you know, being making people feel comfortable and and securing numbers, making sure the offerings are up, and you know, just doing whatever they have to to just try to draw a crowd rather than make disciples that walk with Jesus and look like Jesus and talk like Jesus, then you know what happens is um, they at the same time when these churches are just kind of compromising and and going south spiritually, God has a people that he's raising up. And these are men and women who have a heart like David. And in this time of transition, God is literally in the process of, of reconfiguring, reformatting, in order to bring revival and renewal and, re- and literally a uh, restoration, there's a people that God is preparing. Now, when you look at 1 Samuel 22, what we see taking place is that David is in this cave and then there, his family and his friends are gathering to him. And then the Bible says that there are these men that come to him as well. And later on, they become David's mighty men. Now, right at this point, as they're gathering in a place called a dulem, a dulem literally means, and has several different ways it can be interpreted, but it means a place of refuge, but it can also mean the place of testimony. So what you make your refuge becomes your testimony. And I want you to understand that if you make God your refuge, if you invest yourself and hide yourself in the person of Jesus Christ in a relationship with him, you're going to have a testimony, the testimony of Jesus Christ, the testimony of what God has done in you and how he's prepared you. So what ends up happening is David and his men are in this place called Adullam. Now, let's look at the characteristics of these mighty men. First of all, they're those who are distressed, people that are distressed. The Hebrew word literally means to be severely distressed. That's how it's translated in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And it speaks about a people that are, you know, just undergoing great stress in their life and and they're distraught and, and they just are, they're not stable. And it's almost like, you know, if they don't get a breakthrough, they're going to break down. They're just not going to be able to carry this load. They're not able to go any further. And they're not able to persevere. Now, think about it. If you were choosing someone to be part of your team, you know, an army or your team, would you choose those who were distressed? discontented in that. No, you choose the powerful, you choose the wealthy, you choose the stable, you know, the movers and the shakers. These are not the type of people that you would choose. But God literally draws to David those who are number one in great distress. All right, now listen. Let me, here's the positive side about a people that are in distress. There are times and seasons in our life when God allows us to go through great distress or sometimes we just choose, we make choices that literally inevitably result in in great levels of stress being placed upon us. And those times, what ends up happening is we make a choice and what choice we make determines whether, as I said earlier, we're going to break through or we're going to break down. So in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 9, Paul speaking about all of his distress and his suffering, the adversity and the things that he was going through. And he says this, we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we might not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. 
So distress can be a good thing if it leads us to that place that we are literally being weaned from trusting in self, from doing things our way. And it's literally pushing us to a place where we're going to invest our lives, our confidence, our trust, our faith fully in God. And when we trust fully and completely in God, we move from a place of lack, limitation, and liability into a place where he says, where we see God raise the dead in our lives. It's the resurrection realm is what I call it. And it's the place where the supernatural becomes natural. But in order to experience that, we have to move to a place where we allow our stress to literally motivate us to turn toward God and to trust in him completely. Let's look at the second characteristic of these men that were with David. It says that they were in debt. Now, let me share something with you. When you think about people are in debt, you're like, well, why would I want somebody who's in debt part of my team? You know, they're not good stewards. Well, let, let me throw a, put a little twist on this thing for you for a second, guys. Here's the deal, all right? People, especially in this time, in, in the Bible days, who ended up getting in debt, typically became in, indebted as a result of taking a risk. In other words, there's an investment that they're trying to make in order to succeed, but maybe they failed. Now, think about this. If you have never failed in life, that means you've never taken a risk. Okay? So if you've never failed, then you've never tried, you've never taken a risk. But if you try something, you may fail. But think about it. You know, Peter is in the boat, right? The other disciples are in the boat with him. But Peter says, I'm going to get out of the boat. I want to walk on the water. And so he says, Jesus, if that's you, invite me to come and walk on the water. And the Lord says, yeah, come on, Peter. So Peter gets out of the boat. He begins to walk on the water. And as he begins to walk on the water, you know what happens. He takes his eyes off of Jesus. He puts his eyes on the waves, and he begins to sink. Now, a lot of people would fault Jesus for doing that. Right? I'm Peter for doing that. Sorry, guys, I'm just getting distracted with these pop-ups here. But the reality is... Peter was the only one of the disciples who got out of the boat. Even though he sank, the hand of Jesus was there to pull him back up again, to rescue him. And so there are a lot of people today that, you know what, they don't take risks. They don't step out of the boat. They don't try to do things for God. And they remain in a sheltered lifestyle. And, you know, there's very little risk. They're very conservative in that sense. But the thing is, even though they may not suffer loss, they will never experience the breakthrough, the miraculous uh, hand of God moving in their life because they are not willing to get out of the boat. But wouldn't you rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker? Come on now. God's looking for some people who will get out of the boat and who will take a risk. So that's the second characteristic of these mighty men of David. They were in distress. Secondly, they were in debt. 
Thirdly, the Bible says that they were discontented. Now, the remnant of God that we're speaking of today, that is standing for the gospel, that is representing Jesus on the earth, the third characteristic is this. They're discontented. They're discontented with the status quo. They will not settle for religiosity and churchianity, in other words, a form of godliness that has no power. They are frustrated by churches that are not doing things according to the scriptural mandate. They're not making disciples. They're not reaching nations. They're not raising up sons and daughters. There's no signs and wonders and miracles. There's not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. They're not discipling others. And they look at this stuff and they say, you know what? We cannot settle for this. We've got to see a reformation. We've got to experience revival. We've got to see awakening. And I cannot be content with mediocrity. I cannot, you know, settle for a knockoff. I'm not going to, you know, live with the cheap substitute for something that is second best when I know God has more. And so their cry is this. There must be more. There must be more. There's more. I want to see your glory. I want to see your fire. God, I'm looking and longing for uh, churches and ministries and people that will do things according to your word. And they also, part of the cry is this, you know, nothing less than everything. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So they cannot be content, you know, they're not going to be the lukewarm kind. They're like Jesus who said, you know, hot or cold, but you can't be lukewarm. The remnant is like that today. There are people that are saying, Father, everything that you have, I cannot settle for anything less. And this is a characteristic of the remnant. If you are now, you know, in that place where you're just saying, I know there's more, I know God has more, I've seen it perhaps in the past, or you you, you just understand scripturally what it is the Lord expects. Listen, guys, I want to say you're part of the remnant, and there's a remnant that is being prepared because of the hunger of their heart, because they have eyes to see, they have ears to hear, and they have a heart that beats with the passion of Jesus Christ. God is raising up a remnant, men and women who, like David, have hearts after God, men and women after God's own heart. And I see the house of Saul is becoming weaker and weaker, and the house of David has become stronger and stronger all over the world. We see this happening. God is raising up sons and daughters, men and women that are coming together just as David did with these mighty men in the cave. And God is setting leaders over them who are like David, who have a heart for the people and who will raise the people up. And they serve the people, even as Jesus served when he washed the disciples' feet. And and I really believe this is a season we're living in, guys. This is a time when the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm raising up a remnant, a righteous remnant, who will contend for revival, reformation, and restoration. I've talked about that in previous broadcasts. We guys are part of the remnant. I want to see his glory. I want to see his power. And the things that I've gone through, the difficulties, the trials, you know, I've literally, my wife and I, we've gone through so much. But I can tell you, it's 
brought us to a place where we've fallen on our face before God and we've cried out to him and we've seen God answer our prayers. We've seen him, you know, deliver people that in our family that needed delivered, that needed set free. We've seen God heal us when we needed healing. We've seen God do incredible miracles because in our stress we cried out to the Lord. He heard us and answered us. And Lord, the Lord knows too, those who are trying, have tried to do things, maybe you failed. And you know, even uh, people look at you and say, well, who are you? Look at you. You've never succeeded. Listen, guys, it doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. For a long time, I believe it was about 12 years, David was hiding in caves. And people, I'm sure, would have looked at David and said, look at David. There's no way that he's ever going to amount to anything. But David, things were about to change. And just very quickly, David was going to be promoted into his destiny. Understand, guys, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't don't grow weary in well-doing. Keep the pace. Keep seeking God. Keep your heart pure. You know, don't get bitter. Keep going after God. Keep loving people. Do those things. And don't ever settle for mediocrity or a form of godliness that has no power. Don't ever settle for anything that isn't like Jesus in your life, in ministry, or anything. Look for the full measure of the statue of Christ. Go after that. The remnant is the people that are in distress, in debt, and discontented. First Samuel 22, the cave of Adullam, the place of refuge that becomes the place of testimony. That's what Adullam means. And understand this, guys. In order to have a testimony, you got to have a test to go through. In order to have a message, you've got to have some mess. God is doing something awesome in these days, raising up a remnant people. Thank you, guys. Please check out my website, awakenations.org. You can sign up for my email list. Um, I send out a lot of free teachings, videos, audios, written teachings, testimonies. And uh, appreciate you guys very much. And uh, hope to catch you again. Father, bless your children.